Hi, lovely listener. Just a quick note. You're listening to an episode of the podcast, which was recorded before the show changed its name to Tea with Kings and Queens. So now you know. Enjoy. Tea with Queens is proudly supported by Kogarashi Coffee. And Kogarashi is giving us the opportunity to have speciality coffee roasted to order and delivered straight to your door. Kogarashi roast in-season coffee using beans from small farms across the world with a focus on quality over quantity, with their importers working closely with farmers. As a special treat for Tea with Queens listeners, the lovely people at Kogarashi are offering a 10% discount if you use the code QUEENS at checkout. So head over to kogarashi.co.uk, that's K-O-G, A-R-A-S-H-I and enter the code QUEENS to receive a discount on your order of respectfully roasted in-season coffee. Hello my loves, I'm Carly Deering and welcome to Tea with Queens, the podcast where I chat to some of the most exciting performers from the world of drag, burlesque and cabaret. In today's episode, I'm chatting via Zoom to the drag phenomenon that is Why She Black, We chat about her experiences as the only black drag queen with a regular residency in Birmingham, the creation of her pioneering drag competition, The Church of Why She, and her work with Fantabulosa, a drag show for young people and their families. Enjoy. So today I am honoured to be speaking to producer, curator, artist, the internationally ignored, fun-friendly church lady, Why She Black. Yes! Come on now, introduction! (laughs) (laughs) Hello! Um, Thank you so much for talking to me today, I really, really appreciate it. Um, no, I mean, fine. as as we speak, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're still in lockdown mm-hmm. in the UK. The world's yeah. reacting to the murder of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. How are you coping with life and the everything, world right now? Everything is just going crazy. Yeah, um, it's just it's just insane. You, there's so much information. Mm. I think. In, during this lockdown, we've had so much information thrown at us, also so much in, un, so much uncertainty thrown at us. It's really, if you look at the entirety of, you know, when we started lockdown, what coronavirus was, is still about, but we had no information. Mm-hmm. We had nothing really coming through. The government didn't know what to do. Businesses didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And we've literally just been holding hands, well, trying to not hold hands on, social distance us through the way, through the <laughs> darkness, um, to try and find something. And then George Floyd as well. So there's massive upset and we go back into our basics, which is what would you do? You'd riot. Yeah. But you also have to think about the social distancing and keeping yourself safe and making sure that we don't spread the virus even more. Yeah. But our, our, our initial reaction is to just protest because that's what we've done through centuries and centuries, you know what I mean? So it's a hard, it's a hard time, I think, for everyone. Um, And it's weird because being in lockdown, I was talking about this day, we're seeing so much more shares and posts and stuff like that. And I'm thinking to myself, if we weren't in lockdown, you know, we'd be at work. So some of the stuff would, you know, sort of get lost, you know what I mean, in our daily lives and stuff like that. So really... Corona, not coronavirus, but up the lockdown 
in a way, sort of spread the message further because it's all we can do. Because yeah. we are in lockdown, we are in a pandemic. So let's hope the message of, you know, positivity and stuff keeps on and we don't lose that when we come out of lockdown. I think that's positive for me. Yeah, I think social media is, mm. from my perspective, is being really positive right now. But yeah. it's just keeping up the momentum, isn't it? And hoping yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, can definitely. keep continuing into action because you can get yeah. lost thinking, oh, loads of positive stuff's going on because yeah, yeah, I can look at my social media and everything's yeah. going yeah. in a positive We're sort place. We're like an eco chamber, aren't we? Yeah, um, yeah. Chamber, sorry, of like, look, all of our friends are feeling the same stuff, but it's finding those who are outside of our means. Yes. And like talking to them and making sure that message is heard for you know for them um so yeah yeah it sort of reminds me of the feeling i had before the election and what an echo chamber i was in because i was convinced of an outcome that i didn't get yeah Yeah, same 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 very much so and it's a a really rude awakening really rude awakening and i remember i remember feeling that and i was oh <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'm sorry to bring it up. <laughs> so, how's drag helping you at this time? So, drag, drag is a wonderful thing because it's well, it's helping me focus a bit more. So, my life is sort of more of a freelance artist mm. than it is uh, working my day to day bar job. And I didn't realise that. <laughs> it sounds really funny. Uh, because I thought my all my drag was like on the back. It was like, oh yeah, it's just stuff that I do on the sides. You know what I mean? But my yeah. main yeah. job is here at the bar. Even though uh, I'm working, recently I've been working for more, dra- uh, more drag stuff than I have at my bar job. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So now I'm in lockdown. I have a chance to sort of work on my art a bit more. So I've been practicing more with makeup uh, and I've been trying to give myself more of a brand and think about how I'm going to leave lockdown uh, a better drag queen. And when I leave lockdown, I'll probably be more of a freelance artist anyway. Yeah. So my life is will be a bit more of a lockdown, if that makes sense. Because yeah. I won't be going to a day job or I won't be going to my nine to five, do you know what I mean? Sure. I'll be in the house and I'll be working on my creativity and I'll be planning and emailing and stuff like that so I think it's focused me drag has made me focus made James focus a lot more Mm. a great positive because once I'm focused then why she can go out and be busy and be booked and do all those things And, and and you haven't stopped since lockdown no so like I've been I've been busy I've been yeah. so busy during lockdown. And I I'm very grateful. <laughs> yeah, I'm very grateful. And I was like, I'm thinking myself, oh my God, actually, like, I've been so busy. I took a few days off and I was like, I've just taken a few days off. And all my mates are looking at me like, because I did furlough, like, yeah, we've been up as well. But I was like, well, I've been in drag. <laughs> I've been working. And, I'm, and I live with Dahlia as well. So she knows, yeah. she knows what it is what it's like you two are hard-working queens oh honestly well you've got to be like yeah I think I think now is a good time as well to sort of get your name out there digitally yeah um, definitely so definitely. many so many shows happening mm. um everyone's looking for good content 
Yeah. So if yeah. you make good contact, your name can be known a bit further than it would uh, just by a stage. So I think it's a good, uh, it's a good platform. So um, already you've curated, put, you put together your own show, uh, Blessed and Highly mm. Flavoured, which was incredible. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Was that, oh, uh, was, that, yeah. was that something you wanted to do before lockdown or was it inspired by um, well, it was, it was something I wanted to do before lockdown and in terms of just having a space in Birmingham where uh, I, can gather, I can gather artists um, uh, of colour and we can put on a show because mm. really the only one that's seen is in London. Yeah. And London is a great hub, but the further you go up north, you lose, there are less uh, artists of colour, yeah. especially on the drag yeah. scene, um, and none of them really get represented as much as the London uh, queens and kings and mm. things. Do you know what I mean? The bubble yeah. of London is so great. London. Um, so I always wanted to do it, but money and costing and bringing people down. And I also want to pay people a fee and stuff like that. So this digital show really gave me a chance to actually go out and try and find uh, people in different cities and just ask people around who I knew in those cities if there were any artists that would like to be part of the show um if there were like leeds or liverpool scotland and just really try and bring people together mm. in a way that hadn't been done before like obviously i've got my london my brothers and sisters but i really wanted to hone in on the fact that like london isn't the be all or end all yeah. you don't have yeah. to go to london to to make it what does that say about you know different cities and the UK if there's only one place you go to be successful yeah. um, we have to have uh, representation everywhere yeah. Um, so yeah so I really hope to if I succeeded uh, to really show people just different types of drag and also um, different types of uh, forms of expression so I had dancing in there had poetry um, had singers as well because I think that's important as well uh, as much as we focus on drag, I think art, artists in itself uh, are ones where we need to stick together and we need to band together. Um, uh, so, yes, yeah, so I tried to make it all encompassing as well. Um, I hope you went down well. I was panicking at the computer. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, what, what was the experience <laughs> like? Yeah, right. what you didn't say was me uh, on the computer like timing and changing the slides and making sure the forms <laughs> go down well. I had Dahlia and my flatmate Ben on the sofa watching the show live on the TV. And I was like, I think it's going well. I think it's okay. I need another double vodka, please. I had to shake it. <laughs> so that's what you didn't say. But, uh, no, we just saw calm. you flawlessly cooking fajitas. Yeah, fajitas. Yeah. I was like, well, if I'm going to do a show, the word flavour in it, I'm going to need to eat, do you know what I mean? I'm going to need to get some food, I'm going to have to do something, because I was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and if people haven't seen it, it's still on your Twitch channel, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it's still on my Twitch channel, uh, Twitch, uh, twitch.tv forward slash why she black. Yeah. Do you think you'd do it again? Um, I think I will do it again. So, <laughs> it's a funny story. So once I just finished uh, the first one, I went over to my flatmate and sat down, and then he literally went, when's the next one? I was like, can, I have, can I have a moment, please? Can I have a breather? I've just done two and a half hours. Uh, but yeah, I think I, will do, I think I will do the next one. I think I'm going to aim for around July. Uh, I want to see how 
um, how things turn out currently, yeah. with everything that's happening yeah. in the world and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, see what happens. Because I'll give it a month or so. And if the need's there for it, I will do it. Because I am, there's a lot of digital shows. I think I'm doing one at the moment, a Black Lives Matter digital show. Um, yeah. In London. I've got my ticket. Yeah. Oh, yay. Um, I don't know what so, a front row ticket means in Zoom means, terms, <laughs> but I'm excited to see. Are you excited to see? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what. I think I'm going to have to have one as well. Um, because I'm, I'm one of the queens that they're streaming. So I won't, I don't think I will be there. I think they're physically doing it uh, in the space because I know that they've, not just Club Kids, but other places have put on shows where the queens are there performing live. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm, I'm one of the ones that's streaming. So I'm going to be putting a performance together, which will be very fun for me. Um, Yes, I'm excited. And I'm doing a speech as well. Ah! Yes, I wanted to ask you about that because I got, you're speaking as well. So how are you going to approach yeah. that? Well, I, I think I'm going to have to, I'm going to do it from, just from a, from a space of, like, I'm the, really, I'm the only black resident queen in Birmingham. Mm. So the only one with a residency. Um, and so... My experience is a bit unique, and also I've got the experience that I'm, again, the only queen that's not from London on the lineup as well. Really? Um, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm not sure Spyro's from London, but they're from down south, the Drag King, Spyro. Um, yeah. They're from down south. So being a Brummie, also being the only black Brummie uh, with a residency, and also being surrounded by I don't have a hub of POC uh, people to talk to or yeah. on the scale that London has so I think my situation is, is quite unique um, and so I think I've got to address that in a way uh, and also discuss what we can do for the future I think it's important to keep things going and keep um, promoters like uh, Club Kids or Holy Tea um, yeah accountable for what they're putting on their stages as well and yeah. if there is yeah. diversity there as well and do you know what I mean there are certain things I, I recently uh, saw a tour with uh, Heidi in Closet mm. and mm. the only and she was doing a UK tour uh, and she was the only uh, black queen on the tour on her own tour <laughs> right. throughout the whole UK <sighs> Throughout the whole UK, up, up and down, people were opening uh, for them, were, and they were all they were all white queens. And that's not to say um, they're not talented. That's not to say they're not brilliant because they are, and it'd be one hell of a show. Yeah. But what does it say for all of the art, other artists of colour who are as talented? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Who, who don't get a look in because the representation isn't there, um, and stuff like that. Like I know, like, I feel like I'm, I'm a good. I personally am a great, a great queen because I have worked in the arts and my life has been the arts. Do you know what mm. I mean? I grew yeah. up in seven from like acting, directing, blah, blah, blah. so like I put on a show. And I think it says something when you sort of curveball that and you just sort of stick to what you know mm. or who you know. Yeah. So like, mm, okay, so we there needs to be a twitch or a turn there. You know what I mean? What's the mechanism for these 
companies to choose the supports for these big tours? Well, I just think it, I just, I just think it's from who they personally know. Yeah, and it's yeah. in their own echo chamber and stuff like that. I of was, course. Yeah, and I was speaking to, I was speaking to one of them, um, and I was like, and it, they understood and they listened to me, and it was brilliant. And blessed them, they said, they were like, oh, it's because I live in London, so many of the queens that I do choose are from London. And I went, <laughs> and I went, I just I was like, I was like, ah, yes, I get it, but also. If you're a touring company yeah. around the UK, <laughs> you know what I mean, and and it's not even like you don't you don't have to know everyone, but if you know people, like if you know white queens who live in that area, work on the scene, then just ask them. Oh, is there of anyone course. any diversity around that you know? Because I think they make great for this bit, or do you know what I mean? You ask yeah. and you help and you reach out, and that the sort of change that I want to see at least now that you know we're helping each other I didn't know anyone from you know Leeds or Doncaster or anyone like that but I asked certain queens who I knew who lived around those areas oh hi is there anyone that would be good for blessed and highly flavored because I'm looking around and I want to see or speak to at least uh people who I think may fit the brand yeah and that's and that's how you go about it but I think they find it hard and it's just all money, really, isn't it? <sighs> yeah. So, what was it like for you starting out in drag? Who were your inspirations? How did um, you start? Well, I started. Well, when I first watched, let's, I first watched Drag Race season four. Okay. And I loved it, and I was like, "Oh God, this is brilliant!" Because it was you know, drag queen and a reality TV show. Um, and. I didn't really know anything about drag queens. I don't think I really liked drag queens. And I imagine, look at me now. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't really like them. I was like, oh no, I don't know anything about them. And then I mean, men in wigs singing bad songs. Oh no, not for me. <laughs> um, so when I watched Drag Race, it was sort of a shift because it met reality TV and an art form. Mm. And I love the art. But I didn't really get into drag until my friend, my best friend was organising a, a night, uh, open mic night for Second Self in Birmingham. Mm. And it was just for just artists and like drag performers just to come down and just perform. And then they, we'd go and have a bit of a, you know, a, bit of a drink up afterwards um, in the venue, in the same venue. But I didn't know anything about drag. All, that, all I knew was wearing wigs and dressing up as a woman. So... <laughs> So, but I'm a good host and they needed someone who was comfortable hosting, speaking to people due to yeah. my performance background. So I got my best friend uh, at the time, who's now my drag brother, Jenna Da Vinci, uh, to put me in drag. And every two months when we'd have the open mic slots like herself, she'd just pop me in drag and I'd go up there and I'd perform and I'd dance around and then I'd take it all off and I wouldn't think about it for another two months. And then it would happen again and so and so forth. And that started happening more often throughout the year. And then me and Jenna would do shows, because uh, she's, she's a white queen, and together mm -hmm. we're chocolate milk. You know <laughs> what I mean? We're, <laughs> we're just ridiculously cab performers. We put on little shows. And then I started to think, oh, well, maybe this is quite good. I entered a competition down in London called Lipstick mm -hmm. 1000. Uh, and it's Phil, and it's funny because it was the same year that the big queens competing. 
who weren't big queens, you were just going out. So like Frida Slaves, uh, Margot Marshall, Bimini, mm-hmm. um, loads of quite big London names who were just starting out on their first gig. Uh, and I lost, <laughs> I lost the competition. Oh. Uh, Graham Norton was judging and Graham wow. said, yeah, Graham was, uh, I was so, I didn't understand, I didn't have tucking pants or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I just put tights on, and during my number, my tights were slowly slipping down. <laughs> um, slowly slipping down, and Graham was like, you can at least pull them up a bit. And I was like, Graham, I will do for you. <laughs> now I will always do it for you. Um, Drag's no Graham longer about like, the tuck, God. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Jeez. Um, but back then, I think it was just a little bit. Graham <laughs> um, said this funny thing. He went, "I'd love to see an hour show of Why She Black." So when wow. I got back to um, Birmingham because the competition was based in London, I they offered me my own night, and it was so scary uh, because I didn't know anything about drag. I didn't know how to do my own makeup. I didn't know how to apply anything. I didn't know what to do. Uh, I'd never had experience of running my own night. I just knew how to host, how to entertain. Mm. Um, and they wanted me to run my own competition here. And it was just so scary. And I thought about it in that moment. I went, I either do this or I don't. Because yeah. they're not going to give me a second chance. So I just took a leap of faith. I just went, okay, let's go. My dragon mother said she'll help me out. And she painted my face for the first six months. Uh, of the competition and I paid her when I was getting paid I paid her uh, for her time uh, and it just went from there the Church of Waishi lip sync competition yeah tell me about the Church of Waishi uh, church is crazy so, um, <laughs> I never thought in my entire days that I'd have a competition that was so widely known mm. um, even around like the Midlands and even in certain areas in London stuff they know about the competition because when I first started it there was only about what, 10 15 face drag faces um around Birmingham around the Birmingham scene and so they wanted me to do a competition I was like we're not going to make it past week three <laughs> do you know what I mean we're there there aren't enough people to sustain a competition for about four months it just can't happen but I just tried my best and I went with it and each week, people were seeing more people enter and getting through. And in the finale, I think we had 25 finalists. Wow. Yeah, big. It was a big <laughs> that show. Is big. It was a big show. Uh, I was doing performances as well. Uh, and it was a big, giant night of drag. And each year, it's just got bigger and bigger, and more people have entered. Every time it starts, I always think, I don't know who's going to enter because in Birmingham, we've sort of exhausted everyone's <laughs> drag. I think people <laughs> in Birmingham have competed about two times, maybe three. <laughs> <laughs> but people keep coming out from different cities and different people want to try and attempt to come and do the church. And I think the church isn't just solely a competition. It's a place where like-minded people can go. Yeah. And yeah where it's a safe space and that you meet loads of different people. I feel like Sunday is a community. Sunday mm. church is a community. It's not just a competition. Mm. So when the competition ends, um, 
in between the gaps that's not on, I try and have people in to work on their own material. Um, so I try and give out performance slots where I can. I try and get people paid where I can because I think it's important. Mm. I think it's important for the scene if it's going to continue to thrive, then they're going to need to work on their art and they're going to need to have an audience for that art. Um, so what I can do is provide a space. So come on in, let's do a two numbers, two, three numbers you want to do, that's fine. We'll have, give you an audience. You want to do a bit more, put together a set. Come on, we'll put together a 20 minute, 30 minute set and we'll get you paid for that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In front of an audience, work on people's hosting skills, work on people's, you know, dancing skills and stuff like that that they want to do because there are limited space around, around Birmingham. And especially for artists, especially for queer artists. Mm. Um, so any space that I can possibly have or have power to give that I will try and give the community. I think so you you must have a lot of drag children then really well they they don't want me as their mother i'll tell you that now (laughs) but uh, but i I do see uh a lot of them as as my sort of kids or stuff like that i think they see me as this crazy auntie but (laughs) they, they do know that i'm always there if they need any advice um, if they need any help with any performances, if they are in need of just wanting to do things. I believe in just giving anyone a stage. Yeah. People always think they're like, oh, why is she? I want to try this and do that. I'm like, well, come on, man, let's go and do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, let's just go and do it. Like, that's simple because you're not going to grow unless you don't try and experiment or do new things that are outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. So, yeah, so my door is like an open door policy anytime I'm like yeah come on let's go do it then just let me know next week <laughs> yeah it's perfectly fine you want to do that go ahead make a mess yeah it's fine come on <laughs> <laughs> it's just that positive attitude where I'm just not going to say no to things that I don't believe in yeah and so, well that comes through in your performances as well as why she they're mm. so positive and energetic I was going to yeah. ask you in sort of all this time of doing all these things, how has the character of why she changed and developed? You said you're sort of working on it a bit at the moment. Yeah, so with why she, it's, when I first started, I remember going, I just have to do Sister Act songs because it's a church lady. I went, I don't think the white audiences would get anything other than Sister Act. And I thought, I know, I know. And I sort of like, Hmm. psyched myself into that mentality, but I thought, Actually, let me try something new and different. Yeah. Resonated to me a bit more. And that went down a storm. And it's because I was doing it from a place of uh, complete fun and joy and happiness. Yeah. That it conveyed to the audience, even though the audience may not know the songs or may not know what's happening. I'm selling it. Yeah. And it's about selling it. Um, And I think why she's grown stronger from it. I think now I want to create sort of a brand. So I do want to be a church lady, but I want to dabble in loads of different other arty uh, things. So I want to go like on the spectrum of drag. Everyone knows why she is being performative, but my looks have been less than. So I'm trying to raise my performance and I'm trying to, my, not performance, my looks and my makeup into a way where I can do different things and try different faces and embody different characters because I think that appeals to my like creativity yeah. as like an act 
actor and I love stories and I love telling different stories. Um, so I don't want to put myself in a box. So that's what I'm using lockdown for is to try new things and to work on different performance styles and stuff like that. And where do you get your inspirations from for looks wise if you're, if you're sort of working on that at the moment? Uh, everywhere, really. I just yeah. feel like I'm, yeah. I'm sort of, I love like, I love abstract stuff, abstract art, um, which many people wouldn't think about me. But I did the contemporary theatre at uni, mm-hmm. so I literally understand like complete different outly worldly spaces and things can be turned on their head in a, like an instant, like that. Um, so I look at loads, of, uh, but I also take from a lot from culture. Mm. So contemporary culture being like TikToks or Vines or um, modern day comedy. I believe that like the days of sitcom are long gone, but yeah. now on our phones, we've got like dances and we've got, you know, trends and stuff like that. And that, that can be really positive. So I sort of look at those things as well, because everyday people are hilarious. <laughs> um, are absolutely hilarious and the stuff that we do is comical genius so I think also bringing Waishi down to a level of like normality if yeah. that makes sense yeah. I like being sometimes I like being that that person who looks so plain in a group full of like extroverted crazy looking uh, kings and things and queens <laughs> because even my normality brings a sense of um sense of people looking at me do you know what I mean I'm yeah. like the odd one out yeah. I'm like why yeah. is there a church lady in the <laughs> middle of these because I'm crazy too do you know what I mean that's why <laughs> like, in, that, in that kind of way I think that's why she's so relatable because I just think oh I just I do want to sit down and have a cup of tea with her and have yeah, a chat yeah, and like yeah, yeah. tell her my problems yeah. <laughs> yeah literally and that and I think that's what it is because I, I remember I did a gig uh, with one of my friends and then he was with his other friend but then after only talking to about five ten minutes he just came over just gave me a hug and lay down <laughs> on my lap and was like I just I just need this energy and I was like it's okay come on in <laughs> first time I've ever met him but I went it's okay come on we'll have a little hug and a little do you know what I mean is that yeah. what happens to you as James as well yeah so I'm like a hugger yeah so I um I, I, in my family, I'm known as giving the best hugs, <laughs> um, and I can't go to bed without hugs. So I feel mm. so sorry for Dahlia, and I feel so sorry <laughs> for Blackmate Ben because they're not huggers, and oh. I am a serial hugger. So like, I'm like, I need hugs to survive. The worst thing is when I'm hungover. It's oh god, the needy <laughs> level just goes from zero to two thousand. Like, hold me and I'm quite big as well so I'm not like a small like dainty thing I'm like, it's like hugging this like gigantic like bear <laughs> now you mentioned yeah, your so family um mm. I I watched a little BBC Midlands interview with oh. from 2018 <laughs> oh gosh I um, remember that interview. yeah and at the time <laughs> You're just saying that your mum didn't know that you did drag. Has that changed? Yeah, that yeah, changed? yeah. Well, well, yes. I have a story. I have a story for that. <laughs> I will let you know now. Um, so I did the interview. Uh, I was put forward by uh, a drag colleague of mine, Nora Virus, who worked for the BBC. 
and she was like, oh, why is she even come in? And I thought we were going to, I initially thought we were going to talk about uh, just the Birmingham scene. That was yeah. Basically what we're talking about now. Yeah. And I got onto the, the topic of like, on an off comment, I was like, oh, my mum doesn't know I do drag. And they were like, we need to know more about that. And I yeah. went, oh, no. I went, oh, no. I went, okay. And so I, talk, I spoke about it because I thought it was going to be on BBC Three, uh, online BBC Three. So I was like, my mum doesn't, you know, use technology that much. BBC Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one, two, and four. Do you know what I mean? They're not going to know that BBC Three. So I'm fine. It's a safe space. So we talk, we discuss, the interview happens, it's brilliant. Uh, and they're like, oh, it will go out at some point. I went, oh, yeah, brilliant, that's fine. So the day of Birmingham Pride, the day of Birmingham Pride, I'm on my way uh, and I'm getting on the Birmingham Pride float. So there's a float for like the night. I'm like, get on the float. And the, the reporter next to me, there the, was a reporter just as I get on going, oh, hi, Jay, hi, Wash, are you okay? Like, yeah, actually, brilliant. He goes, oh, we just, pop it, we just put it on live now. I went, oh, absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much. I go on the flow and look at my phone and my mom go text me going, I think we need a talk. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? And she tells me that she got a notification on her phone. Wow. The exact time it went out going, drag queen, uh, mother doesn't <laughs> know. Do you know what I mean? And like, I was yeah. like, what is happening? So I'm on this pride float. I'm on this pride <laughs> float where I'm be celebrating who I am and what I'm about and the spirit while I'm also having my, a massive anxiety attack because I'm like, my mom knows I do drag. <laughs> oh, I'm like, what's going on? So I'm, I'm in two places where I'm supposed to be proud but also absolutely <laughs> having anxiety attack about what my parents are going to say. It felt like I was coming out again. <laughs> it felt like I was coming out again. I was like, oh, God, no, no, what's going to happen? Um, but she's so supportive. She was just angry that I just said she wouldn't know, wouldn't know how to work technology. That's what she was angry about. And I was like, I'm sorry, I will never do that to you again. <laughs> I thought the um, interview was very cheeky. Yeah, it, it, well, I was being very cheeky. I was, she was happy and she's very supportive. Good. My mum my mom is like a, an artist herself. And my dad uh, writes newspapers. Wow. So they met during a play. My auntie was in a play. My mum was doing the lighting and my dad uh, was writing a review for it. Um, so they all sort of met around theatre and around the arts, you know what I mean? So oh. I think I'm a product, I'm a product of an art baby. Amazing. Um, so yeah, so they understand that they're very like helpful and loving about caring about it. So I'm like, the mom was like, as long as you're making money, as long as you're happy, that, you know, this is something that you can do successfully. <laughs> uh, behind me 100%, I went, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, you can tell the BBC now to stop asking such cheeky questions yes exactly yeah. do you know what i mean yeah um i want to ask you about fantabulosa because oh, uh, <laughs> they're drag shows for kids which is amazing because i've yeah. heard about them in america but not so much in the uk so tell me about yeah. that so fantabulosa oh god where do i be so my friend uh my friend adam carver who formerly ran Shout Festival, which was Birmingham's LGBTQ uh, plus festival. Um, 
in the Midlands. He came up to me and was like, we, would you like to be part of uh, just reading stories to kids? Me and Ginny Lemon, all it was, just we mm. you go into a space, an art space, and we just read stories, just sit down and read stories to kids in drag. All it was, we did it a few times in a few different spaces, um, and then he decided to put together a show, so basically bring the stories to life through the art of drag, and for it to have um, drag, uh, what's the word? drag tropes in it. So it'd have lip syncing, it'd have singing, it'd have, you know, a little bit of cheekiness in there. Um, and we, it was basically what we'd see in a club, but for, made for kids outside in a festival space. So it keeps true to drag origins. Um, so it, so we put together this big show, me, uh, me, Ginny Lemon, Lacey Lou, Donna Trump, um, Petite, and then we had more members added in as well uh, when the show got a bit bigger after our first year of uh, touring. And it's just been wild. Yeah. It's just been wild. We've been going to places where homo, where homosexuality isn't as prominent as it is in big cities. Mm -hmm. um, and we've been resonating with a lot of kids, but it's, it's not just like three to five-year-olds. It's, it's actually it's made for adults as well mm. um, so we've had like a lot of 17 year olds coming up to us after the show being like I've resonated with some of these stories and I really wish I could like come on tour with you or I wish I could wow. be with you and it's that it's that hard-hitting stuff where I just have to say like you're valued you're valid and that you will get out of this situation mm. um, but just keep on strong and find like-minded people but it's just so brilliant to see the work uh, that we do have such an effect yeah. uh, on people. Yeah. And it's such a camp, funny, cheeky show. <laughs> so good. Uh, if you ever get a chance to see it, we were meant to go on tour this year. Obviously, coronavirus happened. So yeah. next year, if when we get things back up and running, uh, please come and see a show. Because oh, I'd love to. it's literally made for everyone. The stories are just about inclusion stories about respecting each other as people, uh, making sure that everyone fits in. Um, they're just positive stories and not even about, uh, you know, the LGBT, uh, Q plus community, but just about inclusion and just respect, mm. just borderline respecting people for who they are and not making fun of anyone or not making anyone feel less than because they're different. Um, and I think that that story really resonates. Mm with it so i'm happy to be part of it i'm proud yeah. really proud it's phenomenal yeah. we need more of that yeah. we really do yeah definitely definitely and i think up and down the country just needs a bit more um love yeah. and just and again going into spaces where people don't necessarily see these things because it will resonate with some people or yeah. make people think differently or have like adults be like oh i didn't think about that or i didn't think about this you know what I mean? And yeah. So yeah, so it's about making change uh, in spaces where people think they can't change or there hasn't been. So that's where we make the most impact. Yeah. Oh, goodness me. I could talk to you all day. Um, oh, I'm <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably let you get back to things, but um, 
before we go, where can we find you? You're on Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram. Why is she black? With Y S H E E, black. And you can find me on Facebook, the Church of Why She. Pop it in there. Twitter, Why She Black as well. Um, they're all pretty much the same, really. Why She Black just follows the sound of a tambourine rattling, or loud <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Just mayhem. <laughs> you, you'll be able to find me. Um, yeah. My um, my final uh, question before we go is a bit mm. of an obscure one. I want to know what your drink of choice is because I saw a video on your Instagram. You were holding yeah. something that looked like a glass of wine, but you said it wasn't, and then you didn't say what it was. So I want oh, to okay. So well, that is Lambrini. Ah, okay. <laughs> so I have been a Lambrini person since the early days of knowing how to drink. Uh, and people are like, why is she? Why are you still drinking? I'm like, I just can't stop <laughs> i like, didn't know I they still like made it no yeah they do and i really think i should be the face if i'm being dead yes young. yes i feel like i should be an advocate because the amount of stuff i actually buy i think i need shares <laughs> I need shares you know what i mean i want to see that advertising campaign immediately yes it will happen and it'll be a great <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to me. It's been a real pleasure. Um, no, I can't wait to see you at the Black Lives Matter show on Monday with Club Kids. Yeah. Oh. Um, and keep bringing us so much joy, Waishi. Thank you so much. Yeah, I will Thank try you. my best. Thank you <laughs> Take so care. much. Um, Bye. I hope Bye. you have a great day. Bye. Hi again, it's Carly. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you want to find out more or get in touch, head over to teawithkingsandqueens.com.